0: Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. And when we think about the word diet, it can bring with it this whole heaviness of restriction, of shouldn't, shouldn't of can and can't but actually when you detach away from i am on a diet to i am releasing unnecessary and unwanted and unhealthy body fat there's a difference to how you will then visualize that journey for you welcome back to the menopause coach podcast this week is a solo podcast and we're going to delve into the latest health and wellness topics to help you lead a very vibrant of course and fulfilling life in your female confidence journey through menopause i see you i have you and being your host i am here to help you understand and learn as we go through each of these topics each week bringing the most important information i bring some of my own information that i've reviewed researched my own thought processes and of course I will bring you my opinion. And what I would love for you to do during each of these episodes each week, including this one, is to have a think about what does this mean to you? What can you take away from each one of these episodes? Whether it's one snippet of information that helps you to change your happiness journey or helps you to really improve where you are in your own menopause care. So for this episode today, I would love for you to just open up your mind, have a think about what each of the topics that I'm bringing to you mean, and how you can really use this to leverage your health. So we're here for the latest health and wellness topics, of course, each week. This one not being an exception to the rule for there. All right, so I am your host as always, Adele Johnston, the menopause coach, and today's episode is all about fat loss and weight loss in menopause two things. So we are touching on both of those. And I'm going to cover both because they are not the same thing. I think time and time again, we can fall short of really understanding what our body needs from us and what we want from our body. And both of those things are okay. We kind of are in this society where it can be frowned upon if we want to go on a diet. We can be frowned upon if we don't. And I want to just remove all of that stigma. I want to remove all of the pressure. I want to remove all of the judgment, the shame, the guilt, all the heaviness from it. And we're just going to have a conversation. So thinking about this as your female confidence journey. Okay, If you're a woman in perimenopause, menopause or you're postmenopausal right now, or you know someone who is, then this episode is for you. We're here and we're going to explore why it's challenging to lose body fat during menopause and why weight fluctuations, two different things, during menopause are quite literally a pain in the ass in the belly. Yeah, but don't worry. I've got you covered as I share with you 10 top tips, top tips that I have truly sat down ahead of this episode and thought, if I was asked to give 10 really good pieces of information or advice around weight loss and fat loss in menopause, what would I be saying? To these ladies? What would I be relaying is that information that's really going to help on the journey to navigate this journey with confidence? That's exactly what this is about. And confidence comes from a place of feeling that you are in control. Yes, that's important, but also feeling that you have an awareness, an understanding, and knowledge around either a topic or a situation. That is why confidence is a really, really core, important pillar in the work that I do with you each week. During these episodes and the work that I do with my one on one private clients, when we dive further inside the world of confidence, care, love, happiness, positive psychology, it's an underpinning tone to everything that we do each week here because it works. Let's start at hormonal imbalances Okay, particularly, just to give this a bit of a top and tail, the decline in oestrogen. And we know so far, because we've covered it in many episodes before this one in the podcast, that we understand the reduction in oestrogen through perimenopause results in many key functions of our female body changing, yeah, from brain all the way down to toes. And it can affect metabolism, and body composition as a result of declining muscle volume. Okay, so as estrogen declines or decreases over perimenopause time, it does have a direct impact on our body's metabolism and our body's composition, so how our body is looking, how our body is, um, I suppose, how the fat is distributed, how the muscle tone looks, all of these things change. And it's important to know that that happens, number one, and two, why it's happening so that we are able to understand if this is acceptable for us or if there is something that we need to do that can enhance that journey for health purposes, for happiness. You are allowed to be happy. Okay, You are allowed to make decisions based on what do I want right now? What will make me feel good? You do not just need to accept that things happen. Aging is a beautiful process. I see it as this beautiful privilege. Yeah, in this privileged world that we live in, many of us in the space where we actually get to age, we get to grow older, we get to experience life, we get to spend time with those we love, we get to travel, we get to try new things, including different foods and cultures. That is privilege. So ageing is a privilege. Ageing is something to be really respected rather than for us to look at it as something that's less than, something that's less than who I am, something that's less than the worthiness of who I should be and actually get to embrace aging. We certainly don't have to sit back and think, well, I've got to just accept that I might get a little bit fatter. I've got to just accept that I might actually carry a bit more fat on my body. I just need to accept that I might start to lose the colour of my hair and it turns grey or white. I might start to lose my hair. I might start to grow hair in places that is not acceptable to me. I might start to change the way that my face starts to look. My skeleton may start to shrink. That's, this happens. If you notice it with older generational people, we start to see that they are hunched over a little bit more. They are shorter than they were. This is all part of the ageing process. But we don't just have to sit back and say, well, you know, <laughs> she's part of ageing. I've just got to accept it. We also get to say, I understand it's part of ageing, but I also understand that there are things I can do to make me feel more happier and confident during this time. And also, I can be there to support my body in the best possible way. So if we look at this from a place of the effects of metabolism, the effects of body composition, the declining muscle volume, also known as muscle mass. You may have heard it stated in that way as well. So muscle volume or muscle mass. And with this, the body's requirement for as much energy, also known as calories, is less. So we actually need less food intake as we age as a result of declining muscle volume. So the less muscle we have in our body, the less requirement for energy and calories as a result. Now this all makes it way more challenging to shed excess body fat, which for us perimenopausal and menopausal ladies and we can find itself making a home around our belly area in a very unwanted fashion. I'm there with you, sister. I feel it. And it's not welcomed, is it? It's not welcomed. So I am here with you. I am in this journey at the front line with you, understanding how this feels. And it's certainly probably one of my most, I suppose, stubborn areas of body fat collection. It tends to stay, it's resistant at points, but it's not always as a result of the increasing amounts of body fat when our belly starts to feel like the weight or the fat cells are really collecting around there sometimes it's as a result of other factors including hormonal imbalance which can result in bloating and swelling constipation we can have a lot of things happening all at the same time I've had trouble in this area. Even if you find that you're you're having trouble sleeping, this too has an impact on how well we can digest our food. So anything that we're maybe eating that's more fibrous can become a bit of a challenge for our gut to do. It's magic when we've had little rest or peaceful sleep. Um, And that has an impact. Let's take ourselves down this path of body fat and weight gain. Okay, two different things, so body fat gain and weight gain. Body fat gain and weight gain are related, but very distinct concepts. Put them into two different pillars, okay? Title the left-hand pillar, body fat. Title the right-hand pillar, weight gain. So understanding the difference between the two is important for maintaining a healthy body relationship and body composition awareness for health purposes and for your overall well-being and connection to self. My team and I speak with women like you all over the world in emails, direct messages, Zoom calls and the main area of focus for so many women in menopause is weight loss. I will ask what your main struggle or your main challenge is right now to get a good understanding as to what is it that's in your mindset, in your mind space at that point in time whilst we're in conversation. And nine times out of 10, it will be, Adele, I'm not happy with my weight gain or I'm not happy with how my body looks. I want weight loss. And I hear you and I feel that. Yeah, I've been in the women's health space for decades. I fully, fully understand this. And I want to cover this one for you today because I want you to be able to see the differences in body fat gain and weight gain and therefore be able to understand what direction you may want to then be taking for your overall health and happiness goals. They're both so important. Why can't we strive to be healthier and to trim down body fat without being judged? Why can't we strive for more confidence and dropping a dress size to help with that without being judged. There is so much of a heaviness, like a cloud that comes over. If we tell anybody that we know, it might be one of our girlfriends, it might be a family member. Yeah, I don't really feel that more confident in my body at the moment. I think I'm going to watch what I'm eating. I'm going to move a little bit more. But the moment that we mention that, yeah, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to I'm going to change up how I'm looking. There's almost that judgment of, well, why? Why would you do that? One important note for this episode is I am not anti-diet. I don't diet any of my clients, but I do program their journey to release unnecessary and unwanted body fat for a reason. It can be extremely unhealthy to be carrying excessive amounts of body fat. I'll explain that in a moment why. It can be an unhappy time to carry unwanted and unnecessary body fat and it can really affect your confidence and I see this with so many women but I think what's important with it is when we think about going on a diet or making changes that a diet comes into the part of our our life where we're maybe wanting to shed some body fat and change our body composition it can almost feel a bit shameful or guilt ridden so I'm not here to have you feeling shameful or guilty completely the opposite If you want to cut back on food intake and exercise a little bit more for your health, I'm not here to tell you that you should or shouldn't be doing something. And knowing that this is your body and your decisions is the most important part of your journey. This is your health. Nobody else's. This is your time to really stand forward and claim what you want, not about anybody else. certainly not about what society dictates that you should or shouldn't have. And when we think about the word diet, it can bring with it this whole heaviness of restriction, of should and shouldn't of can and can't. But actually, when you detach away from I am on a diet to I am releasing unnecessary and unwanted and unhealthy body fat, there's a difference to how you will then visualise that journey for you, that connection to that journey for health purposes. So please make your own choices based on education, on knowledge that you have, not on what some fad or quick fix suggests to be a quick route to the end goal. They never sustainably work. And I've been made aware of some truly upsetting results from women that have been seeking support from illegal fat burners, from fat dissolving injections, introducing other injectables to their body without knowing what they are doing. And they do it because someone has told them that it's a fabulous way to lose weight quickly. No, okay. I want to just explain something. As human bodies, so if we think of our physical body, we do not gain body fat overnight. This doesn't happen. It just doesn't. We gain body fat over time. We don't even gain body fat over a weekend. Okay, we gain body fat over continuous consumption of surplus energy. So if we think of that in a different way, calories. We gain body fat over a continuous period of time through us continuously eating calories or food, if we want to make it even simpler, over time when we're eating beyond what our body requires to function at what's known as our basal metabolic rate, our BMR. Okay, So in order to gain one pound of body fat, you need to be consistently consuming 3,500 calories, so 3,500 calories above your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. And that is everything that is your daily activities and metabolism. So over time, this is where we think about the consistency of you consuming those excess calories leads to the storage of that energy, because our calories are an energy source in our food, that's why we eat. And over an excessive consistent consumption, it leads to storage of that energy in the form of adipose tissue. Adipose tissue is fat. So that results in gaining one pound of body fat for every 3,500 calories above your BMR consistently. Not on one day, not on two days, but consistently. So I hope that doesn't sound too confusing, but I remember when I was learning all of this back as a teenager, that's how long ago, <laughs> I turn 40 next month, that's how long ago, I'm being absolutely fascinated with how the human body functioned to think about, well, then the opposite can be true, right? So if all of this is true to gaining one pound of body fat, okay, that adipose tissue, that energy storage, hey, there's a reason our body does that; is for survival. It doesn't realise that we have 24-7 shops that we can just go to and have instant food. It doesn't know that. So it still stores that body fat. That's what it's designed to do for survival. So if it's true of gaining one pound of body fat is 3,500 calories above our basal metabolic rate, our daily activity and requirement, then the opposite is true for releasing one pound of body fat. So the next time you feel down that you've quote unquote, only lost a pound, remind yourself just what your body has gone through and what it's needed to do for that one pound loss. So let's explore the dissimilarities between body gain, body fat gain and weight gain. Now that we are kind of covering the basics around, well, what does it mean to gain and what does it mean around when we have a pound on the scales? These are two different things, gaining body fat and gaining a pound on the scales, So let's explore these okay? and I do love an explanation so (laughs) I hope that has helped as we make our way into the body of our podcast today. So let's look at body fat gain first if you think about that pillar that we have titled and we'll come to weight gain in a moment. So if we define this, body fat gain refers to an increase in the amount of adipose tissue, otherwise known as fat, we've just covered that, which gets stored in the body. And this can happen when you consume more calories than your body needs. 3,500 calories above your BMR. And most people's, B- you know, my BMR will be different to your BMR. My body's unique to me. So this is why it's important that we don't use blanket approaches. Okay, I never do with my ladies. And when we think about excess energy, that's what this is. Calories, excess energy stored as fat, which can either be visceral fat, which is stored around your organs. It's a dangerous type of fat. It's not healthy at all. And subcutaneous fat. Which is the fat that you can feel. Okay, no doubt you'll have pulled it or tucked it away inside jeans. This is the fat that we can feel. This is the fat that we can see on the underneath of our skin. So, visceral fat and subcutaneous fat. And the weight gained through body fat consists primarily of fat tissue, okay, fat cells that store energy that our body then wants to use at a later date. But if it's never getting the opportunity to use that, it's going to store it and restore it and build upon that storage. And before we realise it, this is where we are gaining inches. Okay, and that's how this works. So fat cells store energy and can expand or shrink based on the caloric intake and expenditure. Okay, so your inches will either go up or go down depending on you using that stored body fat. So there's an impact on health Which, when we think about excessive body fat, excessive being a, you have way more than your body is needing, then it can have adverse effects on our health. So if we have prolonged periods of excessive body fat being stored, if we start to build up visceral fat around our organs, this increases the risks of a lot of different chronic conditions. A lot of diseases such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, to name just two, and type 2 diabetes being that as an impact of lifestyle. Okay, This is not something that you are born with, it's something you develop. So when we think of the distribution of body fat, body fat can vary between individuals. Again, my body is different to your body, we are unique. And with some people tending to store fat predominantly in the abdominal area... I'm putting my hand up right now. If you could see me, this is where I store mine. And um, An area like we see in many menopausal women throughout the journey of perimenopause into postmenopause. For others, it can be in the hips and thighs. Okay, and again, another area for us women to be storing our tissue, our fatty tissue. So when we think of fat gain, fat gain is exactly this. It is your body storing unused energy stores, in the form of adipose tissue which is body fat cells and what your body is saying to you is "Mm, brilliant we've got this energy going to keep a hold of this for a later date because we may need that your body doesn't realize that you can literally just go to the, the fridge or the cupboard or the local shop or the grocery store and you can feed yourself again here comes that privilege we're in this beautiful privileged space where we get to be able to do that. If you're someone listening to this who does not have that level of privilege, under no illusion that we are all in different parts of this world, some of us with way more privilege than others, some of us with 24-7 supermarket-style stores and shops that we can go to at any time, and others that do not have that privilege. But what happens then is, as we start to over consume the amount of energy that we need, the body stores that in fat cells. Now, if we move into the weight gain pillar, weight gain refers to an increase in overall mass of your body. Okay, Your mass includes all components, so bones and skeleton, muscles, your organs, body fluids, fat gain, fat stores, fat cells and even what we have inside our stomach and our bowels. So there's the difference right away between fat gain and weight gain are fat loss and weight loss. Therefore, weight gain encompasses not only body fat but also muscle mass, bone density, water retention and all your other bodily components including your blood. There's all weighs. So weight gain can be caused by various factors, not just fat gain but including muscle development. So if you're someone like me who likes to resistance train, who likes to you know, live that type of not bodybuilder lifestyle, you might be, but someone who is training in a capacity that stimulates the muscle for growth, then you're aware of this, yeah? If we grow our muscles, we might not actually change our weight on the scales because when we think about the mass that a pound of body fat and a pound of muscle will take, if you see this, there's so many different Google images of this available, so feel free to go Google this if you need a visual, But if we look at this in the form of, in my right hand I have a pound of body fat, in my left hand I have a pound of muscle, the muscle will be approximately half the volume size of the fat. Therefore you may weigh the same on the scale, but your inches have reduced. Amazing right? You may train in any capacity, you may stimulate the muscle growth and you may see your body composition change. Another that many menopausal women are familiar with is water retention. And weight gain can also cause fluctuations in this form, even in our food intake. We don't need the same amount of energy and calories each day. So while some weight gain can be healthy, excessive weight gain, especially from excess body fat, can pose some health risks. But unlike body fat gain, weight gain may not be indicative of where the actual mass is distributed in the body. You may have swelling and fluid retention in your ankles, for example, Which then disappears, and all of a sudden you're a good three or four pound lighter. Okay, we can easily measure using a scale, but it does not differentiate between what is body fat, what is muscle, what is bone, what is organ, yeah, what is your brain. It doesn't tell you for each of the components. Well, you know, Adele, you might be weighing. This amount in pounds or this amount in stones and pounds or this amount in kilograms. But here's how it breaks down for you. This is what your brain weighs. This is what your skeleton weighs. This is what your heart weighs. This is what your lungs weigh. It doesn't do that for you. And that is where this starts to become flawed as a measurement for you for your progress. Because guess what can happen when you are on a weight loss journey and you're not being Supported, cared for, or monitored with a health focused lens, you may start to lose muscle. And this is the sad, hard, horrible truth for so many women that when you are taking yourself on a journey through weight loss rather than fat loss, you run the risk that you can start to lose your muscle, not where we want to go. So, yes, you are seeing movement on the scale numbers, but what if I told you that was going to create? A longer term detriment to your older health. Yeah, the Adele that I am now at 39, coming on 40, is already doing what she's doing right now, me, <laughs> already doing what I'm doing right now for my 50, 60, 70, 80 year old self and beyond, because I fully appreciate that I must support my body through those aging cell times. Unlike body fat, weight gain may not be distributed into the body area of one area of multiple areas. It might actually be from head to toe. You may have swelling. You may have fluid retention. You may have food in your tummy. You may have waste in your bowels if you have not been for a poo. This is where it comes from. So weight gain can easily be measured by scales, but not differentiate between fat muscle and other components. You may have a scale that tells you your body fat percentage, that tells you your water retention or your hydration levels, noting that they are just not accurate. So, if we do a short summary of this, for me just as well as you, so I can recap on what we've covered, body fat gain refers specifically to an increase in fat tissue in the body, Okay, while weight gain includes every component contributing to a change in the overall body mass. So when we strive for a healthy body composition, this involves managing both your body fat, which is your visceral fat, and your subcutaneous fat. We don't want to have high levels of visceral fat or subcutaneous fat because it's not overall healthy for us. And overall weight is also supported and balanced through good nutrition, through a lifestyle that is really reflective of that healthy environment, and mental well-being choices. So nutrition, lifestyle, and mind come into this This is the beautiful reclamation formula that I have and teach and educate through and have done for years and works beautifully. But I'm not just going to leave it there. No, no, no. Of course not. I'm bringing you my top 10 tips to aid you in fat loss and weight loss in your journey during menopause now that we know the difference between fat and weight. Okay, So tip number one, and we're going to run through these At a reasonable pace. Prioritise strength training. As estrogen levels drop, women tend to lose muscle mass or muscle volume or muscle tone, which we covered at the start of this episode. And this can slow down your metabolism. Remember, the more muscle your body has, the more energy it needs to use. So who doesn't love the concept of the fact that if you are weight training and you are resistance training and your body is maintaining at least, yeah, if you're not going to grow muscle, maintain what you have then you are helping your body beautifully. And incorporating regular strength training exercises like weightlifting or bodyweight workouts even helps maintain that muscle mass and supports your metabolism. Number two, stay active throughout the day. Engage in activities like Steps for Health. Make sure to tag me in your social media stories on this one so I will celebrate you. I will celebrate you to the heavens. Bring on the act of love for you. Maybe go out, get your Steps for Health in, tag me in it to say I'm doing it, and I will share you across my stories to celebrate you. So there's an invitation, a little bit of accountability. Okay, you may be someone who absolutely loves gardening. There is movement in your day. Challenge yourself with taking the stairs instead of the escalator or the lift or parking as close to the supermarket, park further away. Okay, All these are small bursts of movement. They can add up and help burn more calories. To keep your body and your heart and your skeleton and your muscles and all of the things happy and healthy. And in fact, if I was to tag this one, I'd be calling it your NEAT activity. Your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. NEAT. Everything that we do in a day to move without it being exercise. So sneezing. Believe it or not, you burn calories when you sneeze. Blinking, fidgeting. All of this burns calories and energies and makes up part of your basal metabolic rate. So, moving your body. Tip three focus on a balanced diet. The emphasis on this is about wholesome, okay nutritiously wholesome and nutritiously dense foods such as vegetables, fruits, think plant based options, lean, complete proteins, yeah. healthy fats. Okay, I'm not here to tell you whether you should or should not be vegetarian or vegan or lead any type of lifestyle. This is up to you to do your research on what works for you. I myself am not vegan, nor am I fully vegetarian. There are some days I will not have animal-based products or meat, and other days I do. It all goes on what do I want today and what do I need today. Minimize ultra-processed foods, this one goes without saying i've used the word ultra processed in this because it's not about avoiding processed foods every food is processed it's part of the process of bringing us food every food is a processed food but when we talk about ultra processed foods this is when we're talking about the ones that contain things like trans fats high level levels of added sugars food preservatives all of these things But I don't want to panic you. I don't want to send you into the space of, holy crap, I've got to eat organic. I've got to do this. I've got to do that all the time. No, you don't. Okay. and if you want to ask me questions on that and you want me to dive further into it, then please come into the emails, adele at adelejohnstoncoaching.com or find me on social media and ask me the question on what I mean by this, because this is not for this episode. So minimize ultra processed foods. Um, High levels and sugary snack intakes, high levels or excessive levels of alcohol consumption, we want to avoid high levels of these things as they can contribute to weight gain. They can contribute to fat storage and in some cases they can really discourage our body for being in the best possible health state. So notice how I don't say that they cause weight gain or fat gain but rather contribute towards it. It is not by eating an ultra-processed food or a sugary snack that you are going to equal weight gain. If we think back to the start of this episode, it is over a longer period of time consistently consuming above your calorie range Okay, and not any one food will do that. Tip number four, be mindful of portion sizes. Due to the metabolic changes that us women face, we may require fewer calories during menopause. So pay attention to portion control, prevent yourself from overeating. This is one that is huge. And when I support my clients through this, we do intuitive and mindful eating journey practices. It's all about relearning what your body is communicating to you and with you rather than habitual food consumption. Tip number five, managing your stress. High stress levels can lead to hormonal imbalances and again contribute to weight gain, particularly around the midsection. Okay. practice relaxation, practice techniques like meditation, deep breathing, yoga, managing your stress effectively, because again, stress can contribute towards both weight gain and at times fat gain, which sits beautifully with top tip number six, prioritising your sleep. Lack of sleep can disrupt hormonal regulation in your body's ability to repair. And that in turn leads to and can lead to an increased chance of weight gain. Okay, the reason that it does that is because it increases your want for more rest time. So you will reduce your movement due to tiredness. Okay, you'll also potentially be at more chance of comfort eating and sugary snack consumption. So it's not that stress directly equals fat gain. It's not that not sleeping directly equals fat gain. It's the after effects of what then happens and the decisions that you are taking to make yourself feel better in those moments. Top tip number seven, drink plenty of water. Your brain and body are basically a big walking beautiful pool of water. So staying hydrated supports overall health, can help control appetite, reducing the likelihood of overeating. Okay, and if we feel sharp, we are there to make decisions. Top tip number eight, be patient and kind with yourself. Menopause is a massive significant life change. For many of us, it can happen over time. For others, rapidly. If we think about menopause being induced through medical purposes and reasons, through many other reasons that this can happen. So hysterectomy, for example, for these ladies, it's not that it happens gradually, it happens overnight. So be patient and kind with yourself and think about it as weight loss maybe being a little bit more gradual than it's ever been for you. It might take more time than you've ever been used to in your pre-menopausal years. You might need to adapt your strategies. You might need to look at your approach. So celebrate your progress and focus on the non-scale victories like improved energy levels, overall well-being, maybe inch loss over weight loss. Now that we've learned the difference. Top tip number nine, seeking support and staying connected. Joining a community or finding a support group of women going through similar experiences is so important. I can't specify this enough. Sharing challenges, successes, this can provide such an encouragement and motivation for you, for them. Collectively, the energy pool rises. That level of vibration is just so strong. You stay connected. You stay accountable. You stay in love with the journey, even when it feels really hard. OK, because this type of journey, although it's simple, the concepts of what we need to do and the steps we take within the reclamation formula, the three steps, although it's simple, it's not easy. I'm not showing up here saying to you, like, this is simple. This is easy. All you have to do is this. Okay, You are going to come up against times in your fat loss journey where you think, I just want to stop this. I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. That is the time you need the support most. That is the time you need your connection and your community most. So staying connected in a community of some support with other women that are on this journey through similar experiences with someone that is there to support you, okay? And I have a very exciting announcement that's pending. I can't share it yet, but you will be the first to hear of this before anybody else, but I can't share it yet. So take my word for it and hear the utter excitement in my voice when I tell you that I have a beautiful compassionate and highly vibrant update incoming very very soon for you so stay tuned. And top tip number 10 consult with a healthcare or menopause professional. If you're struggling with fat loss during menopause, don't hesitate to seek some guidance from a qualified healthcare provider or coach who specializes in menopause related care. It's important to note that it needs to be in the space of menopause care because again Whilst we understand the concept of fat loss and weight loss, there are many coaches who do not understand the slight nuances that we need to be aware of in the menopause journey. So you can ask me for further details if you need to reach out and ask for help from anyone. And if me and my team are not the right support for you, I have a library of qualified menopause support coaches who have been through our menopause support coach certification program and I can introduce you to them. I can introduce you to someone that you align with so that you can do the work with them. So it's important to know that you are supported by the right person with the knowledge and the guidance. And if that's not me and my team, I am so here to make sure that you are connected with the right person. And we do this online, worldwide. We have you covered. So I hope that you find these 10 tips helpful on your own journey towards fat loss and or weight loss during your menopause. Remember that each person's experience is unique. Yours is different to someone else's and someone else's to yours. And it's essential to listen to your body and make sustainable, longer term lifestyle choices, changes and implementation. And if you're struggling with your own journey, then we must talk. Okay? you never need to struggle or worry or be lost. A few months together invested in you and yourself and you will transform your entire life. Please do not sit back thinking, I want to do this, but. Okay, remove the but. I want to do this. Reach out and contact me. So what's it to be? Are you ready to let me help you? Or are you going to put the but in the conversation? And I don't mean the bottom. I mean the but. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I absolutely love reading them. So do my team. We love it. We really do, I promise you. So go ahead and subscribe if you aren't already. Leave a review for the episode if you found this helpful. And also, one big ask. Share it with your friends and loved ones so that we can spread this knowledge. The more knowledge we spread, the more power and empowerment us women have in this space of menopause care and awareness. Okay, Making menopause mainstream may be my strapline, but it's not just three words put together in a sentence. It's meaning, it's purpose, it's the pathway, it's the reason for this podcast. So if you can share this with your friends, loved ones, or even just one person today, the ripple effect that that has around the world is huge. And you will be playing a huge role in that. Join me next week. We're going to dive into more hugely fascinating topics. We have a very special next week episode for you. I cannot wait for this one to drop so so exciting so until then take care be well and stay super vibrant i truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you i ask only one thing to help keep these episodes coming please subscribe and share with another in your life that's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.